weeks, we're going to be taking a journey through the Psalms. I love to revisit the Psalms from time to time. Usually we incorporate them in between different sermon series we have, or just to take a little break, we'll do two or three of the Psalms. And so that's what we're going to do over the next two or three weeks, is just kind of take a journey through some of these Psalms. The Psalms are good for us because there's a lot of things in there that we can relate to. Things that we struggle with in our own life, we see in the Psalms, in particular in the life of David, who wrote most of them. Uh, Throughout these Psalms, we see David have some hard times, uh, some of which are just enemies coming against him, others of which are hard times that he's brought on himself because of sin. But we also see times of praise in the Psalms, where David is just really praising the Lord for, for the Lord being good and for the Lord delivering him. And there's a lot we can take from these Psalms, and there's a lot we can learn from the writings of David. If you want to learn how to pray in your life, the Psalms is a good place to start because we can really see how David pours his heart out. So uh, today we're going we're gonna to pick up one of these Psalms and we're going to see what God's Word has to say and we'll just continue on over the next few weeks. Now, in the months past, we've covered uh, the first 34 Psalms and so today we're going to be on Psalm 35. If you'd like to see the sermons on the rest of those Psalms, uh, Psalms you can listen to them at enterprisebaptist.church slash psalms, and you'll find uh, a list of all the sermons covering those first 34 chapters. But today we're going to be in chapter 35. We're going to split it up into three different sections. Uh, so we'll pray, and then we'll start with the verse section, and we'll dig in. So let's pray. Father God, we come to you, and we thank you for your word. And I pray that you help us to grow in it and learn from it. I pray that there's something we can take from what David writes here. I pray that we can apply it to our own life. Dear Lord, you know what our struggles are. You know what we're going through, good or bad, dear Lord. I don't know what everybody's got going on, but you do. And I pray that you just would let these words be a blessing to them today. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. All right, let's start with verse 1. We'll read from verse 1 all the way through verse 10 and take a look at this first section. Oppose my opponents, Lord. Fight those who fight me. Take your shields, large and small, and come to my aid. Draw the spear and javelin against my pursuers, and assure me, I am your deliverance. Let those who seek to kill me be disgraced and humiliated. Let those who plan to harm me be turned back and ashamed. Let them be like chaff in the wind, with the angel of the Lord driving them away. Let their way be dark and slippery, with the angel of the Lord pursuing them. They hid their net for me without cause. They dug a pit for me without cause. Let ruin come on him unexpectedly. And let the net that he hid ensnare him. Let him fall into it to his ruin. Then I will rejoice in the Lord. I will delight in his deliverance. My very bones will say, Lord, who is like you? Rescuing the poor from the one too strong for him. The poor are the needy from the one who robs him. What we see here in this first section is that David has enemies that are coming against him. Now, we don't know what enemies these are. We're not told. We just see that David's in a hard time. There are enemies who are coming against him. And what David's prayer really is here is for justice to be served. Now, he says, God, look, I want you to come against my enemies, my opponents, the ones who are coming against me. Dear Lord, I want you to come against them with your shield and with your spear and with your javelin. Now, he uses material things that we can relate to, weapons of war here. But I think what David is really saying in this psalm is he's saying, look, God, I want you to fight my battle for me. And that needs to be our prayer as well. Oftentimes we want to fight our own battles. Somebody comes against you, you want to come back against them. Somebody punches you in the mouth, you want to 
punch them in the mouth. And that's our, that's our natural human tendency. That's our human desire. But that's not God's command. That's not what God's desire is for our life. Not only does he tell us that's not how we're supposed to live, but he showed us that that's not how we're supposed to live in Jesus Christ, who is the perfect example of that. And David here is saying, okay, God, my enemies are coming against me, but God, I want justice to be served, and I want you to be the one who serves it. I want you to take care of my enemies for me. God, I want you to fight my battles for me. Now, that's a real relief for us when we, when we finally give in and say, okay, God, I don't have to fight back, but I'm going to let you uh, fight back for me. And that's a lesson that David had learned, and that's a lesson that you and I need to learn as well, that we need to allow God to fight our battles. But we need to be careful. We do want justice to be served, and that's a good thing. And we serve a just God. And one day, all justice will be served. But boy, when we try to take things into our own hands, and we try to bring about justice, it, it turns into sin. Now, bringing justice for those who do evil is a right thing. We all see evil people in this world do evil things, and we want them to, to face the consequences of those things. We want them to be punished for those things, and rightfully so. But there's a real fine line between justice and between vengeance. There was just recently a documentary movie I was watching that was really excellent, and it was about a Christian missionary who was doing the Lord's work, and those that he was trying to help, there was an enemy who was just killing them. And he finally said one day, you know, I give up. I'm just ready to kill them all. I'm ready to kill all the enemies. And then as he began to read God's word later that night, uh, God reminded him, look, vengeance is mine. You see, he had, he, had, he had crossed that line. He wanted justice to be served. He wanted these people to be saved, and he wanted the enemy uh, to be dealt with. But, but, but he crossed the line between justice and vengeance. He began to get to the point where he wanted to take that revenge on his own. And that's a trap that you and I can easily fall into, and we must guard against that. That we don't seek to handle our own situations, but that we allow God to handle them for us. You may say, well, how God, how's God going to handle my situation? I don't know. What we would like sometimes is that God would make lightning bolts strike out of the sky and strike our enemies down, but that's not how God works. Oddly enough, sometimes deals with, God deals with our situations and our enemies, not by changing them, but by changing us. Now, we might not like that, or we may hear that, and we may not like the way that sounds, but that's how God works. You see, we get all these things in our heart, and we begin to hate people, especially people who do wrong to us, and anger begins to boil up, and hatred begins to boil up. But if we are God's children, we need to seek the Lord and say, God, that's not your heart. That's not the way you are, and that's not the way that I need to be. And if, if we begin to lift up our situations and those who are our enemies to the Lord, and we begin to pray for our enemies, as the Bible says, then pretty soon what happens is our hearts begin to change. Now, maybe our enemies' hearts begin to change too. It may be that through our prayers that God works in their life and God changes them. It may be that they don't. It may be that they're hardened. They don't, they don't want to change their ways. They don't uh, have any intention to, and they keep on doing the evil they're doing. But if we begin to pray for our enemies, at the very least, it'll change us. It may change them. But I can almost guarantee you that if you start praying for your enemies, that it's going to change you. And that's what we have to be careful of. When we have enemies and we have opponents and people who are trying to harm us or come against us to say, okay, God, I'm going to let you fight my battle for me. That's what David said. Lord, I want you to come to my aid. I want you to come to my rescue. I want you to be my shield. I want you to be my weapon. God, you fight my battle. Maybe the enemies who are coming at us, they're doing bad things. But let's let God take care of that in his time. 
Maybe it'll be tomorrow. Maybe it'll be at the judgment uh, one day when we all stand before the Lord. But God will bring justice. And so let's let God take care of that and let God fight our battles. David was doing just that as these enemies were coming against him. But one thing that's interesting that we're going to notice as we go through all three of these sections of this psalm is they all end in the same way. Uh, if we look at the last couple of verses there, in verse 8, David said, look, I want you to bring them to ruin. And, and he's saying, look, I want you to bring that justice on them. But then in verse 9, David shifts gears. In the midst of these enemies coming against him, in the midst of a situation that's bad, he says in verse 9, then I will rejoice in the Lord. I will delight in his deliverance. My very bones will say, Lord, who is like you, rescuing the poor from one too strong for, for him? The poor are the needy from one who robs him. Isn't that interesting in verse 9? In the midst of, of all of his circumstances and situations, everything that's happening with his enemies coming against him, David says, but I'm still going to praise the Lord. David makes his request known to God. His situation hadn't changed. His enemies are still coming at him at the instant that he writes this. But even still, but God, I'm still going to praise you. God, even in the midst of my hard times, in the midst of my enemies, God, I'm still going to praise you. David ends each of these sections in the same way. He ends them with praise. Let's read a little further and see what happens in this next section of David's story. Verse 11. Malicious witnesses come forward. They question me about things I do not know. They repay me evil for good, making me desolate. Yet when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled myself with fasting, and my prayer was genuine. I went about grieving as if for my friend or brother. I was bowed down with grief like one mourning a mother. But when I stumbled, they gathered in glee. They gathered against me. Assailants I did not know tore at me and did not stop. With godless mockery, they gnashed their teeth at me. Lord, how long will you look on? Rescue my life from their ravages, my only one from the young lions. I will praise you in the great congregation. I will exalt you among many people. Now here in this next section of the, of the psalm, we see kind of a different side of what David is saying. David said, look, these people who are now coming against me that are my enemies were once people that I prayed for. David said, I, I dressed in sack, sackcloth. I, I was mourning for them in their times of sickness. David said, look, I was intervening for them. And now they're coming against me. David had done nothing for these people to come against him. He had lifted them up to the Lord. And now they've turned their backs on him. Now, you may can relate to that. You may have people in your life that even though you've done nothing bad to them, they're still coming against you. You've done nothing to deserve it, but they're coming against you just the same. And maybe you've even done good to them. Now, you need to be careful. You got to be real careful when you think about this, because we have a tendency to say in every situation where there's conflict between us and another, oh, it's not my fault. It's their fault. I've done good. I haven't done wrong. They're the ones who are in the wrong. Now, we need to be careful. That may be true. There may be those who have come against you and are coming against you who are indeed in the wrong. You may not have done anything wrong, but you may have. And you can't escape responsibility that maybe you are guilty of doing something in that situation that has brought it about. And so we need to be careful and say, okay, God, give me discernment. Because maybe there's times that we have done good and we've done the right thing and bad still comes on us. But maybe there are other times that we say, okay, God, maybe this situation is my doing. 
Maybe it's part of my doing. Maybe it's all of my doing, dear Lord. Maybe it's because of something that I've done and the way that I've acted that brought this situation on me. But in David's case, it wasn't anything he had done. He had loved these people. He had cared for these people. He had lifted them up to the Lord. And now these are the very ones who were turning their back on him. Now, obviously, this is tough on David. But at the end of this section, David does the same thing that he did in the section before. In verse 18, he says, I will praise you in the great congregation. I will exalt you among many people. So see, David brings these things before the Lord, these hard times, as you've probably done too. If you hadn't, you need to. If you're in hard times, you need to take them to the Lord. And he says, look, Lord, my enemy's coming against me, but I'm going to praise you. Look, Lord, these are people that I've done good to, but they're still coming against me, but I'm going to praise you. Everything that David is going through, it always comes back to praising the Lord. He doesn't, he doesn't uh, drown in his sorrows. He doesn't say, woe is me, pitiful me. He says, look, God, here's what's going on. I'm calling on you for deliverance, but God, I praise you in the midst of it all, no matter what's going on. And this is a good lesson for us. This is a good lesson for you and I to take from what David says here. Let's go to this final section in verse 19. We'll read 19 through 27 here. Don't let my deceitful enemies rejoice over me. Do not let those who hate me without cause look at me maliciously, for they do not speak in friendly ways, but contrive deceitful schemes against those who live peacefully in the land. They open their mouths wide against me and say, Aha, aha, we saw it. You saw it, Lord. Do not be silent. Do not be far from me. Wake up and rise to my defense, to my cause, my God and my Lord. Vindicate me, Lord my God, in keeping with your righteousness. Do not let them rejoice over me. Do not let them say in their hearts, Aha, just as we want it. Don't let them say, We have swallowed him up. Let those who rejoice at my misfortune be disgraced and humiliated. Let those who exalt themselves over me be clothed with shame and reproach. Let those who want my vindication shout for joy and be glad. Let them continually say, the Lord be exalted. He takes pleasure in his servant's well-being. Now, David's acknowledged that his enemies are coming against him. He's acknowledged that he's heartbroken, that the ones who are coming against him are, are, are ones that he actually has loved and has lifted up to the Lord in the past. And now he says, look, Lord, uh, don't let him win. Don't let him be able to say, we've swallowed him up. Don't let the enemy win. Now, that's a good prayer to pray, and that may be a prayer that, that you and I need to pray because we have enemies. Uh, we have a spiritual enemy in Satan who's always tempting us with sin, and you know what it's like when those temptations come. It's hard uh, when we're fighting those battles. There are things that you're probably fighting against, things that you're trying not to do, things that you know are wrong and you don't want to do them, and sometimes you do them and you give in to them, and you know what those battles are like. And maybe you've prayed this prayer, God, please help me to overcome this. Maybe you've got physical enemies that are coming at you. Throughout the history of Christians, there's been many Christians who have been persecuted, who've had enemies that's come against them, uh, that's imprisoned them, that's beaten them, and even killed them. And that's still going on among Christians today. Now, maybe one day we have to take a stand for the Lord, and we have to experience such things. And in those times, we definitely need to remember the heart and the attitude of David, and more importantly, of Jesus Christ. But hopefully we'll never have to face those things. But we may have to face people in a physical way. People that come against us and say things to us 
and attack us in one way or another. Uh, and it makes it really hard on us when, when people do that to us. Well, David knew what that was like. And David said, look, God, don't let them win. Don't let them be victorious. Don't let them say, ah, we've overcome him. We've been able to conquer him. But our prayer needs to be the same as David's prayer and say, okay, Lord, I need you to deliver me. I need you to take care of me. I need you to make sure that I am victorious, that I overcome these situations, that those who battle against me don't win. And praise the Lord, he is victorious in Jesus Christ. And he shares that victory to you and me through Jesus Christ. And if you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you're following him and trusting him, then you can have victory over whatever you're going through. Whatever sin you're struggling with, whatever person's coming against you, you can say the same thing David said. God, don't let them win. Don't let me be overcome. And when we pray that, I believe that God gives us strength. He may not instantly deliver, deliver us from our enemy. Sometimes he does. Sometimes he may deliver us from that temptation that we experience. Other times, however, he gives us strength to get through it. Even if he doesn't get, a, get us out of it in the instance, God will give us strength to get through whatever situation we're going through. And David says of his enemies here, God, don't let them be victorious. Don't let them gloat that they were able to overtake me. Now, at the end of this part we just read, there's something interesting there. In verse uh, 27, he says, Let those who want my vindication shout for joy and be glad. Let them continually say, The Lord be exalted. Now, it sounds to me like what David is saying there is, God, even let my enemies uh, exalt you. Even let my enemies praise you. The very ones who are coming against me, the very ones who have tried to get me to fall, the very ones who have been attacking me, God changed their heart in my mind so that, excuse me, in their mind, so that they would come to you and that they would exalt you. Now, that's a good prayer for us to pray. If there's somebody that you just hate, somebody that you just can't stand, somebody who's done evil things to you, now, you're not going to like this, but you know what the solution is? You pray for them and say, God, I pray that you change their heart so that they would exalt you so that their life would be changed, so that their sins would be forgiven. That's the prayer we need to be praying. We don't need to be coming up with plans on how we're going to get back at our enemy and how we're going to get back at those who do evil against us. We need to be coming to the Lord saying, okay, God, I pray for them. I pray that you would change their heart. God, I pray that you would change my heart, help me to exalt you. And dear Lord, I pray that you would change their heart and help them to exalt you. And you know what sometimes can happen? is that our enemies become our friends. Our enemies become our brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's what we should desire. If you don't desire that for evil people, for people who come against you, to turn to the Lord and repent, then maybe you need to check yourself. Because we as Christians need to have the heart of the Lord. And the heart of the Lord is one that, that seeks people uh, so that they would repent. And the heart of the Lord is one that wants to see people turn from their evil ways and come to him and be part of his kingdom. And if we're part of his kingdom and if we're God's children, then that should be what we desire. When people come against us, when people uh, do evil things to us, we need to be praying, okay, God, keep me in check, change my heart, help me not to uh, seek revenge or do evil in my own heart. And God, help them to change their ways. Help them to exalt you. God, help us not to be enemies, but to be brothers or sisters in Jesus Christ. And that should be our desire. So if there's somebody you're struggling with, an enemy who's coming against you, maybe even a sin you're battling against, then follow David's instructions and say, okay, God, deliver me from that enemy. Don't let the enemy be victorious. 
And then David closes this last verse of this section in the same way that he has the last two. He says in verse 28, And my tongue will pro proclaim your righteousness, your praise, all day long. And all of these things that David is going through, it's a hard time for him. But in the midst of that, as he's writing this psalm out, as he's writing what's going on, okay, God, my enemies are coming against me, but God, I'm going to praise you. God, these people that I know that I've helped are coming against me, but I'm going to praise you. God, these who are coming against me, they're seeking to say, oh, we've conquered him. We've overcome him. We're victorious over him. But God, I pray that you deliver me from all this. And God, I'm still going to praise you. Now, David went through lots of situations in his life. But if you read through enough of the Psalms, you'll see that David knew the solution to his problem. Whether it was a problem that he got himself into or a problem that arose because someone was coming against him, David knew the solution to his problem. He knew that he was to go to the Lord. He knew that he was going to praise the Lord no matter what happened because the Lord was worthy of praise. And in every section we looked at in this, in this psalm tonight, in all three sections, David ends them all the same. He ends everything with praise. Now, I don't know what situation you're in. I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what you're going through. Maybe there are things you're lifting up to the Lord. Maybe they're hard things. There are things that you're just scared about or you're angry about. Whatever it may be, pour your heart out to the Lord. But once you pour your heart out to the Lord, you need to follow David's example. And everything you say to the Lord needs to end with praise to the Lord. God, I know my times are hard. I know my situation's tough. God, but I'm still going to praise you. That's the instruction. That's the blueprint. That's what you and I need to do. Everything that we do, everything we're going through, good or bad, it all needs to end with praise. Let's pray. God, we thank you for these words, and I pray that we would learn from them, that we would grow in them, and God, that, that, that we would remember them in our life. Maybe we're not going through a hard time now. Maybe we're not struggling or suffering or having an enemy now, but dear Lord, maybe the day will come. And when that day comes, dear Lord, I pray that you recall this song. God, in the midst of our heartache and our sadness, or our sin, whatever it may be that we lift up to you. God, I pray that it'll always end with praise to you. God, not just on the bad days, but on the good days. Let us be found faithful to praise you, not just when things are, are, are going bad, but God, let us praise you when things are going good. We thank you for your word, and I ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.